Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. On today's episode, I am encouraging you to be a messenger in the making. I will share certain things that oftentimes get in the way of us actually being the message that we preach. Take a listen, and I hope it encourages you in your own private walk with God. Hey, everybody. Great to be together today on Tent Talk. Today, I'm going to share with you, and maybe over two or three of our podcast, uh, I'm going to talk about messengers in the making. What is it that God is up to making messengers out of those who are allowing him to work deeply within their life? I know that uh, over the last several weeks, I had thought that I was to put together a series of teachings on messengers in the making, what it really takes to make a messenger of the cross. And then I realized about two weeks or so ago that what God really wanted me to do was to begin to equip messengers. So I'm going to be doing an internship in the new year in 2020 uh, on the making of messengers. Now, of course, there's quite a few prerequisites to that. And uh, so it's not just something that I'm opening up the door for for just anyone, because maybe after you listen to these (laughs) uh, things today, you'll be like, no, that's okay. I don't think I really want to be a messenger. (laughs) And uh, so oftentimes, you know, people disqualify themselves. And because they begin to really hear, you know, what may sound great up front, when they really begin to hear the requirement that God puts upon those who will speak and be a mouthpiece for him in this hour of history, people begin to realize, no, that's okay. I don't think I want to do that. But I'm, of course, hoping uh, that as God works in us, that more and more we're like stepping up and we're saying, no, I'm ready. I'm going to step up because I want to be coached up and I want to be prepared And because this is not an intellectual pursuit. This is not... Uh, just a theoretical, theological pursuit. Because if I could say something right up front, I would say that a messenger of the cross is the message, that uh, I am what I preach, and he has done the making. So that's not a boastful statement. That's not like I made myself something. That is no, over the years, let me, let me say yes, over the years, not the days, the weeks, but the years uh, of what it really takes for God to really equip a messenger of the cross. and uh, But we are certainly in need of them. So I just want to share some things on this particular podcast, and then I'll share some on others, of why it is that we're in such need and some of the things that, um, you know, hinder that, that are hindering the real point of the teaching and preaching of the gospel. All right. So again, I'm glad you're with me today, and I hope that you'll listen to this carefully. And as the days, weeks, months, years go by, that you'll want to qualify 
that you'll say, yeah, Lord, (laughs) take me with you and make me one who is the message so that I can speak of you. You know, this is the very first time that I was ever going to share about my life publicly, which was like 1988, okay? Um, I was frantic uh, with all my performance stuff. And when I was getting ready to share, of course, I was just twisting myself all up because I'd been asked to share my testimony and this, that, and the other. And so, of course, I got way into performance mode. And a very wise person said to me, Nancy, you're a witness, and just tell them what you've seen and what you've heard of him. And it began to set the course for uh, my life that uh, had I had I experienced him, yes, I had. Uh, was he doing something in me that I could not do for myself? Yes, he was. And to begin to speak of that, because I couldn't teach something that I, um, you know, didn't know, that I could not... Um, Uh, act as a witness of something that I had not actually seen and heard. And so this leads us up to one of the very first things that we have to ask ourselves when we're talking about, you know, messengers and and speaking on behalf of God and, and speaking to those around us and being a part just simply of, of, you know, being those that can say, if you've seen me, you've seen my father that we ourselves are such a living witness of him, is we have to ask ourselves, you know, why, if there is so much teaching and preaching in the church today, why is there so little fruit? Have you ever wondered about that? Just in your own life. Now, we're not pointing fingers at someone else, and we're not, you know, criticizing the preachers and and all of that, even though As a preacher, as a teacher, as a pastor, as a mentor, uh, as someone who is an equipper, someone who has been charged with the responsibility to build up and to grow the people of God, prepare people, you know, to walk with the Lord in deep oneness, all of that. I'm the first one who wants to make sure that I'm letting, you know, God deal with me. But this isn't so that we can be critical. This is always you know, tent talk is, you know, under the big tent of God's presence where he has conversations with us that he's been longing to have for many years. And oftentimes, as Jesus had to say to his disciples, he said, there are conversations I'd like to have with you, but you just can't handle it. You're just not ready. But I think it's time that many of us are are more ready than maybe we realize. And I just want to encourage you today, just say to the Lord, you know, Lord, if there are conversations you want to have with me, I'm ready. Let, let me hear what it is that you want to say. Because under the big tent of his presence, he wants to talk with us. We need to hear his voice. We need to let him rightly divide us. If we're going to rightly divide the word of truth, we need to let the word of truth rightly divide us. So we do have to ask ourselves with all the you know, listening and teaching and preaching that we have going on, Why is there so little fruit? Why do people, after a message is preached, actually just judge the the, the person who preached it rather than letting that word deal with them? And we, 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 again, I want to begin with the messenger. I want to begin with those of us who are charged with passing this on. 
is why is there so little effect upon the person, if you will, sitting in the pew, upon the hearers, upon the audience? And, you know, if we're hearing the, the word of God, but yet there's so little evidence uh, that there is any real change, what is that about? Because I think oftentimes as a messenger, we have in our past, we have leaned upon our eloquence, our cleverness, our IQ. We've tried to rationalize the message, you know, and appeal to, you know, don't you just see how much sense this makes, you know? And I always laugh because, you know, it's like, well, the gospel didn't make any sense to me until it did. Why is that? that I rebelled against it, I contradicted it, I argued it, I wanted to have nothing to do with it. And then one day, these people shared the message, the gospel, with my husband. And I think I was just in the overspray, you know? <laughs> and I mean, it, it's like, I was just catching what, what was happening. I didn't like it. But a few weeks later, I myself collapsed into the Lord and just gave myself to Him. What was happening that I fought it for so many years and then yielded completely to it. And I know that the people that led my husband and I to the Lord and all those that have had a part in raising us and speaking into our lives, that they were the message. They were not telling us something that we needed. They were passing on the very same thing they sustained their own life with. There was life that was coming out of them. And that life was not the life of intellect or reason or rationale. It was the life of Jesus Christ himself. They knew him. They had allowed the word of God, the living word of God, to so deal with them that their whole way of life uh, reflected that, and that's who they were. And so that's what was flowing out of them. There was not anything that was a barrier to life flowing out of them. The very thing they were drinking, they were able to pass that same cup on to us. So oftentimes I think that what is a barrier is that the messenger isn't the message. They can preach, they can teach, they're great communicators, they're eloquent, they're so wise, they've studied for years and years, and people just leave more in awe of them than they do the Lord. Can I just can I just say this right now? I mean, how many times have we all left a sermon, a conference, and we talked more about the person who brought the message than we did being in awe of the Lord? or responding to the Lord in a very personal and powerful way. It's because oftentimes there's no power of the cross actually working in the person. They're just there to help other people. They just want to pass on information. They want to pass on knowledge. Or they can so um, excite the crowd and and bring such a, a frenzy of enthusiasm that people are just on their feet and they're cheering and, and everything is exciting and wonderful. But then later, all of that evaporates. And I would say somewhat leaves the hearers in worse a worse state than maybe previously. Now, 
I'm not saying that all of that is, is wrong. What I'm, I'm attempting to do is to press us deeper into really seeing what is the goal and the objective of all of that teaching and preaching. Is it just so that I can fulfill my obligation? Let's say I'm a preacher, I'm a pastor, I'm a teacher. Um, you know, I teach Sunday school. I, uh, you know, am charged with these particular responsibilities and leadership. And, you know, so I'm constantly trolling the internet and constantly trolling other people's writings and, and all of that to glean and take things from other people that hear God and other people that have put in the labor and the work, but I myself, um, you know, don't require any of that of me. And uh, so I'm constantly just gathering up information from other people because I have this responsibility. I mean, like it's Saturday night and I've got Sunday morning where I've got to teach class. And, and so we tend to have the objective is, is I just need to make sure that I fulfill my obligation. But is not our objective to pass on life? You know, I want to encourage you in this. Romans 1.5 says in the Message Bible that we've received uh, this life and call from Jesus Christ and the urgent task of passing on this life. Too often, we're trying to help other people who have trouble rather than, look, I've had trouble. I was trouble. I caused trouble. This is how the Lord has delivered me. This is what he has done in me. And now I'm going to pass on the same way of life. And did I obey what he gave me? Because a part of what can bring life to other people is that this is how I'm living. I'm not just trying to help somebody else. This is how I'm living, and I'm simply passing that on. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady. So our objective as messengers of the cross has to be that we are passing on him, passing on this way of life. That is all of our learning becoming a lifestyle, which is the style of life that the Father lives. Are we passing on the very life of Jesus Christ? Are we passing on an encouraging behavior uh, that goes along and corresponds with newness of life? This is what it tells us in Romans 6, that we behave, we walk, we conduct our business in newness of life. So uh, if we keep trying to put behavior before life, then what we're doing is simply behavior modification. Again, we're back into the rationale, the reasoning, the intellect, you know, just make this new decision, just do this, do that. And what happens is then is that we are just helping people maybe to change their behavior, but we haven't really made the goal of our message that I want to impart life to people, that they awaken to him, that they awaken to his way of living. They awaken to his love for them. They meet him. They have an encounter with him because he means for us to live experientially. And when you begin to live experientially, the message you hear, the food that you eat, you actually chew it. You actually swallow it. You actually digest it. It becomes a part of you. 
You know, Jesus also said to his disciples, he said, I've got food you guys don't know anything about. I'm like, wow, Jesus, I want some of that food. And then you step back and you say, wait a minute, do I? Do I really want some of that food? Because I'm going to tell you, the way that Jesus lived is the way we're called to live. But that is some pretty awesome, wild living. It is not just being a nice, average Christian. You, you can't find that in the life that Jesus lived. And now that's the life we share in. And is our message provoking that life to break open? Is our message and the way that it is delivered in the power of Holy Spirit, where life is flowing from me into those who hear the message, who hear him, and that's what we want it to be. So we have to say, okay, Jesus, I do I do want the same food that you were eating. I do want to know about it. Lead me into that. Because when you begin to actually eat the food, eat the word of God, and you begin to chew on it in a way, you don't just swallow it whole. You begin to chew on it. Jesus said in Mark 4, he said, be careful what you're listening to because it's the amount of thought and study that you give back to what you hear as to how much fruit it will actually bear in you. So oftentimes, we all hear lots of teaching, but we never give any thought back to it. We just file it away and say, that's great. I finished my Bible study. I went to church this Sunday. I sat through it. I nodded my head. I said, amen. I gave mental assent to it, but I never gave any more thought to it after that except to think I liked it or I didn't like it. I don't like that teacher. I do like that teacher. See, oftentimes we're assessing so many things other than, uh, is this the voice of God to me? Is God speaking to me? I need to hear him and respond to him. I need to chew on this. I need to think about this. I need to give thought to it. I need to ruminate on it. I need to meditate on it. And when we do that, we're giving Holy Spirit more and more time to actually um, uh, awaken us and to give us understanding because he is the teacher. He is the spirit of truth. He is the one that will instruct us and open things up to us that we could never get just by our IQ or our education. We want to be taught by the same one who was instructing Jesus who instructed those guys in the early church, who will instruct us now. And again, not intellectually, but functionally where we really live when he begins to speak to us and calls us by name. We don't need any more in the church of Jesus Christ in this hour of history. We do not need mass psychology. We do not need to have, you know, just um, the soul uh, to be invigorated where we, you know, have now three steps to this and five steps to that, where we are, you know, simply able to, you know, uh, receive just good understanding. We need more than a person to speak eloquently and earnestly to us, where we just get advice and, and none of it encourages us to know God personally where none of it is is imparting life to us, where none of it is doing anything but supercharging the soul. Because remember, psychology is the study of the soul. Well, my friends, we are spirit, 
And we are called to worship in spirit. And Jesus said, my words are spirit and life. And that's what we need. We need him. We need his life. And we need messengers that are bringing that life to the body of Christ, to the lost, to the prodigal, because that is what people need. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. You see, the day that we realize that our problem isn't that we're bad and we need to be good, it's that we were dead and we need life. And then once we have life, now we need to be encouraged in that life so that the preaching, the teaching, the discipling, the mentoring, the leadership uh, that we're under, all of that, um, is it actually causing us to know him, to be in more oneness with him? Are we now then becoming those who have witnessed him, experienced him deep, deeply? I mean, in a deep abiding way. So on this podcast, I just wanted to open us up to this conversation under the big tent of God's presence about what is it really to be a messenger of the cross And what does it mean to really be the message and to see some of what hinders it? So again, remember, what is hindering it is there's no life oftentimes working in the messenger. They're speaking by eloquence. They're speaking by IQ, by education, by rationale. They're speaking to the intellect. They're stirring the soul with excitement. Or maybe they're just trying to fulfill their responsibilities. And so they're just looking for anything to teach. And it may not actually be life imparting words to the people of God. We must have our vital link to him as our life. And we must be encouraged with words of spirit and life. And that has to come through the power of the cross. That the cross is a power that is working within us so that life is going out to others, that we want to be those who are experientially taking in the word of life, digesting it, chewing it, swallowing, letting it begin to permeate throughout our entire being and into every area of our life. So we will continue this in our next podcast and we will go even deeper in it. So I do hope that it will cause you to be hungry that you will say, you know what, I want to embrace life with him at a whole new level. And I want to be a messenger. I want to be one that when I speak, I don't care how I sound. I don't care if it comes across and people are highly impressed. Was there something imparted into people that stayed with them long after I was gone? Did that word, did that encouragement, did that conversation, did it serve your purposes, Father, in that person's life? Or did I just give my opinion and did I just, you know, try to impress them with all my knowledge and my ability to fix their problems or whatever, you know, whatever their need was that they brought to me? So I hope that this encourages you today. And uh, we're going to continue it on our next time together. So again, thank you for being under the big tent of his presence with me today. All right. Love you all. Talk to you soon. 
If you'd like information on how to book Nancy McCready for an event or speaking engagement, visit nancymccready.com.